Well, uh, I finished up last last to all some purpose what I've been studying on for the last several weeks, and um, I don't know how far uh, I'm going to get into this because uh, God may uh, want to do something else, and and I I definitely want to see our Wednesday night services uh, moving by the power of the Holy Ghost. We might have some of we just plain old preaching, but uh, the Lord has been dealing to me about the, about the book of Romans, and I don't know whether you realize it or not, but the, Paul's book of Romans is the foundation of the gospel of grace, and uh, a lot of good intended people uh, trying to, you know, to lay a, lay a law down that get people uh, to, to follow God in holiness and sanctification, a lot of times they get so deep into legalism, it's, it's, it's pathetic. Uh, and uh, Paul's teaching through the book of Romans is a foundation of the gospel of grace and what the grace of God is all about. Uh, if you make a start for God and you stumble and you mess up, don't stop. God, I mean, God's not gonna, uh, God's not gonna kick you out of His kingdom. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's not how many times you fall; it's how many times you get back up and dust yourself off and keep going. Hallelujah! So I'm gonna be teaching some lessons and preaching some lessons, probably uh, from Romans, and uh, uh, in an effort, in an effort. I know some of you like them and all that. But all, all, all the printouts I'm, I'm cutting out for a time being help save on paper and ink. And we're going to have the scriptures up there. Uh, and, um, but let's just, let's just get in God's Word. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to read uh, Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. But I'm going to just focus on one particular, the first part. Then we're going to go back and break each one of them down. Uh, and uh, Romans chapter 1, uh, uh, verses uh, 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated into the gospel of God, promised afore by his prophets in his holy scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. To all be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Now, we're not going to cover all that. There's a lot of stuff in that. I'm going to cover tonight that first phrase, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. And the title of this lesson that we're going to be talking about tonight, I'm asking you everybody a question. Whose slave are you? Whose slave are you? Now, as we approach this opening paragraph, Paul's letter to the Romans, he begins with 
what I call his signature calling card. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, that was his calling card. Over and over when you read his writings, that's how he identified himself, a servant of Jesus Christ. And listen, church, of all the anointing, the wisdom, the authority that this Jewish convert had to Christianity, he never made that much big to do about himself. Hallelujah. And he was the, he, he was the best prophet, best preacher of the whole Christian era. Now let me ask you a question. Think about this. Was not Paul human? Did he not have recognition from both Jews and Gentiles all over the world? Back in that day, everybody knew who he was. Hallelujah. Why did he not allow it to go to his head? Why? All the things that we know about the Apostle Paul, and I, I, I read some of them off to you, his anointing, his wisdom, his authority. And that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Why, Brother Paul, did he not let it go to his head? One word. One word. And that one word is thorn. It's thorn. You're going through hardship. You're going through suffering. Don't think all the time that God is against you because everything's going wrong. I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians before, I, before we go finish this up. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 6 through 9. Look at what he said to the church of Corinthians. He said, For though I would desire to glory, now that tells me right there, Paul had a desire to let everybody know what he had. He's talking about the man here. He's talking about the flesh. Though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. <laughs> glory to God. I'm not going to make a fool of myself by patting my own self on the back. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For I will say the truth but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Next scripture. And lest I should be exalted above measure. Now get this. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there ain't nobody been showed more from God than the Apostle Paul did. I mean, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Hallelujah. I mean, if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul, there would not be a Gentile church. Hallelujah. So God gave him abundance of revelations. He said, There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. That's why Paul always considered him first a servant. Now, 
I said that, and I want to say this. Some people look upon hardships and suffering and losses of those who are called to a particular ministry and anointed by the Spirit for, for a certain task. A lot of people think when they see these people going through these things, well, God's punishing them for some kind of failure or they, that they've made along the way. But church, I am a firm believer that the greater anointing God has on a person's life, the greater the suffering that they're going to incur. I hear all people, all my life say, oh, Brother Sammy, I want to wear anointing. I want to be used more by God. I'm willing to suffer for it. Amen. How much are you willing to cross? Now, this case that Apostle Paul made is crystal clear. He said, lest I should be exalted above measure. There is not a human being alive who doesn't have a little boast in him or her. I've never met a human. We might try to know, oh, I'm not boastful. If you're human, you've got a little boast in you. It's there. It's there. But listen, church. God knows how to keep that in check. Hallelujah. He knows how to keep that in check. That's why Paul said, listen, I, do, I have a desire to glory, but I'm not going to be a fool. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, you know, God's already got a thorn sticking in my side. Amen. Glory to God. So, Paul uses the word servant before anything else. Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ. Now, now that word servant is really... Easy, easier than what that word really actually means. What is he really saying? Now, I went to the dictionary first. I went to the dictionary first, and this is what I got under servant. One who is the property of and wholly subject to another. Glory to God. Now you see why some people grow in Christ and some kind of get stagnated. They don't want to pick up that thing about being a servant. Hallelujah. One who is the property of and wholly subject to another. A bond servant. That's the word I got from the dictionary. The second definition under that a person entirely under the domination of some influence or person. Glory to God. I looked at that and I began to wonder, says God, how much really do you influence my life? Hallelujah. How much do you allow God to influence you compared to something else? Think about that. Now, he said... I gave you the definition, and it came up with that word bondservant. I want you to look at Romans 1 and 1 again, not in the King James this time, but the New King James Version. Put that up there. It don't say servant, but it says Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. The same thing that we found in the dictionary. So what we're talking about here, what Paul is saying, Paul, we are talking about a slave. 
Apostle Paul considered himself a slave of Jesus Christ. So what I want to ask the question tonight in this lesson, whose slave are you? Paul said, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. Oh, and by the way, let this bond servant, a lot, a lot of you may know this, and but I, I still want to take the time. Now, I know some people get offended when, when, I, when I get into this right here. But in the Bible, especially in Old Testament times, God sanctioned slave ownership. I mean, in the Old Testament, he sanctioned it. But it was greatly regulated by the law. People who were followers of God had strict rules they had to have if they had servants in their household. And here's the thing. They could only be, they could only be a servant for somebody for seven years. And after seven years, the owner had to set them free. All right. Now, I can, I, can, I can get you a world of scriptures. If you've never heard about that before, that, that's, exact, that's exactly true. That's biblical. That's how it was under the old, at all law. They had to release them on the seventh year. But if, if a man who had been a servant for somebody for seven years, he said, look, I've been treated good by my master. I eat well, treated good. I don't want to go anywhere. I mean, I, there's nothing else that I can go to. If I get out there, I'm liable to starve. He can go to his master and say, I desire to stay on with you as your servant. That master would take that servant down to the elders of the city and they would take a heart iron that sits in a fire and they would bore through the ear and that would be a mark that that person says freely on my own I submit to be this man's servant for the rest of my life. Now, that's all. I, I mean, that, 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 and they became what is known as a bondservant. To be a bondservant of Jesus Christ, you got to freely own own. submit to being, making Jesus your master and your Lord. And you know what your mark is? It's a holy ghost. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That. Fire, that fire of that iron it may not go to your skin, but that fire of the Holy Ghost puts a mark here. Lord, you got it. When you get that fire inside there, you will never be the same. And guess what? Once that person become a bond servant, went to the marketplace or whatever, that, and everybody knew what. Jesus gets in your life and you get out into the marketplace on your job wherever you may be there's going to be something different about you they're going to know who you belong 
I'm, and and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about a legalistic thing here, following a bunch of rules. I'm talking about having the right kind of spirit and attitude. Glory to God. Demonstrating love. Glory to God. Being willing to have some compassion on somebody. Whoop, my, 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 my. Glory to God. Now, you see what Paul meant when he said, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He said, I'm a slave of Jesus. So I'm asking me, I've got to move on. Whose slave are you? Because I'm going to tell you, church, we all serve something or someone. Everybody's a slave to something or someone. Everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. And in regards to the spirit realm, we either, we either serve Satan or we serve Christ. We are the slave of Jesus or we are slave of the devil. Hallelujah. It can't go, it can't go both ways. It has to be one or the other. Matthew 6 and 24, put that up there. This is what Jesus says. No man, and you can say or woman, can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Whose slave are you? Who's your master? Glory to God. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Amen. We can't have it both ways. Too many people try to play both sides of the fence. That's why, that's, that's how come, Brother Paul, amen, a lot of people don't, they, all they do is sit there and spin their tires, but they never go nowhere. Now, I'm glad there's no teenagers or, because I don't want to be no bad influence, but I, I've got to admit, my first automobile was a 65 Ford Mustang. And I had a, I had a, that little 289 high performance engine in it with a carver carburetor sit right on top. It's a, <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, it's a miracle. It had to be the hand of God that I didn't kill my crazy self. And, and this is why I know, I, 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 I married anyway, but I, I knew Sister Darlene was crazy because she rode with me. I mean, uh, you, you're going down the highway doing 115, 120 mile an hour with somebody else driving. You've got to be crazy or drunk. <laughs> you know, but some of the guys up there, I, I, was, go, I was going to White House High School at the time, and they, uh, when I, once I got that, and we went out to this little place. We did a little drag strip, and uh, this is why I said I didn't want to be no bad influence. But uh, there's this one guy, he wanted, he wanted to be the show. And uh, so we had kids along the pathway and everything, and me and him was up, and uh, when, the, when the flag dropped, he wanted to show, and, man, he sat there, and he spun them tars, man. He was burning rubber. It was smoking and, and making a lot of noise and looking good. But while he was sitting there making noise and looking good and spinning them tars, guess where I was at? <laughs> that's the same that's the same thing folks 
Same thing in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. So no man can serve two masters. Either will hate one, love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And by the way, and I'm not teaching about that tonight, but that word mammon there, that, that, don't, that don't mean man, but that word mammon what represents money and wealth. See, that's some people's, Brother Darrell, that's some people's uh, God. That's some people's, that's who, they, that's who they're slave to. Glory to God. We all got to have, we, you got to have money. Amen. We have to have it to get along. Glory to God, until the day, and it's not going to be very long, until the day that they throw it away and the mark comes along. Hallelujah. But so many people has allowed that almighty dollar. Amen. They're, they become a servant to it. A slave to it. Hallelujah. But we, the question tonight in the night's lesson, whose slave are you? Romans, Romans 6 and 6, put that up. Look at this. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve. What? What gets us in the, in the shape that we get in, folks? It's sin. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody becomes a slave to the bottle. And they serve that bottle. Makes it sin in their life. Oh, God. And they end up with their lives all to pieces. Same thing with drugs. Amen. And I could go on and list another, all kind of things, folks. We got to realize, amen, that our old man is crucified with him. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. Hallelujah. The body of sin might be destroyed. Glory to God. That's why I say all the time, getting ducked under the water is not a, it's not a cure-all. Hallelujah. You got to make up your mind whose slave you're going to be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. One more scripture, and then I'm going to close this lesson out to give time for anybody who wants to comment. Hebrews 12 and 28. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I'm going to tell you something that, that really breaks my heart a lot about people in churches today. There's a lot of things we can talk about the difference of people in churches 20 years ago and today. But the one thing that, that really breaks my heart is you do not see people reverencing God anymore. There's no godly fear. Hallelujah. And we've got to have reverence and godly fear if we're going to serve him acceptably. Hallelujah. Amen. We, we need to have reverence. Reverence his word. Reverence to his spirit. Let me tell you something. Hallelujah. To the house of God, hours upon hours praying and studying for a message but then the service breaks out and people start getting needs met and this begins to happen 
and that begins to happen. You know, you, you know why I keep my Bible closed? Think twice. I got to get up here and do my thing. I reverence the Spirit of God that moves in the service. Hallelujah. We got to reverence that because we can we can do without my talk, but we can't do without the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We got to have that. We got to, if you're in, if if you're in a service, and and the Spirit leads you to go pray with somebody, reverence that Spirit. If you reverence that Spirit, serving acceptably, Hallelujah. Because, you know, I, I I agree. I believe it's better that people get up and move on their own. But you know what? There are times that I've needed a little nudge. Sometimes God has to kick me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. So, I want to be a servant of Jesus Christ. And I want to be marked. So when I go in the marketplace, people can see my love and my attitude and my spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God.